Hello, this is Erin Weir. The journey to being a successful creative entrepreneur is filled with challenges, hard work, and occasional high points. You have the opportunity to minimize the challenges and hard work by learning from experts, mentors, and leaders that have traveled the same road before you. The Creative Genius Podcast celebrates you and your hard work and helps you shortcut the path to profit and renewed passion. Enjoy this episode with my co-host, Gail Dobie of Gail Dobie Coaching and Consulting. We're excited to welcome our friend, Matthew Churchwell to the podcast today. Prior to finding Churchwell & Co. in 1999, Matthew designed lighting for hospitality, healthcare, retail, residential, and government projects around the world. He has taught lighting design at the internationally known Fashion Institute of Technology, Utah State University, and Parsons School of Design. His projects have been published in Architectural Digest, both USA and France, Interior Design, and Architectural Record Magazines, among others. Matthew is a never-leaving Manhattan New Yorker, living with his wife of 20 years and two teenage daughters. In his copious free time, Matthew volunteers as an emergency medical technician and a firefighter with the Ocean Bay Park Fire Department. He is also the founder of EMS Access Inc., a nonprofit focused on assisting volunteer ambulance agencies that operate within the five boroughs of New York City. Well, Matthew, we're so excited to have you here today. It's been a little while since I've gotten to see you, so it's nice to see your face. And um, I'd love to know a little bit about the storyline of how you found Gilda B. Coaching and Consulting. Well, that's an easy one. I was in LA for an industry event, and I was listening to a couple very, very smart people. And that's the time when I knew that I had to keep my mouth shut and just listen to them. And one of them, if I'm allowed to say, is uh, Klaus Baer, who uh, I, I met and we became friendly and he, uh, we stayed in touch. And he came, said he was coming to the city to meet with his business coach and would love to meet my office. I'm like, business coach, tell me more. And he introduced uh, Gail to me. And that's really how it started. Like everyone else, I'm always a little nervous about doing things like this. Um, you know, I, But I knew that I needed something. I knew that I needed a way of getting past what, what I was doing, which was currently treading water uh, as a business that was fine. But to grow, I needed something else. And so he listened to my story and introduced me. And it has been obviously a very good relationship ever since. Well, what's really cool about this is that, first of all, you're in the lighting business. You are a lighting designer. So it's a little bit different than most of our other clients. We do other industries as well. But um, I thought that was very interesting that you would come our direction to hire me. So what was it in particular that you were trying to solve when you came to us? I I think that the issue was that when you're treading water, you basically go with the currents. And to get out of that and to actually establish a real direction, you need to sort of get past yourself. And I knew that I couldn't do that by myself. Therefore, I needed a guide. And one of the great books that I that I loved from many years past was uh, Michael Gerber's uh, The E-Myth Revisited. The general premise is you have to stop working in your business and start working on your business. And it was always difficult for me to sort of get past that, even though in my mind, I knew that's what I needed to do. So the idea was there. One of the things that I thought was interesting is when we first started working together, 
it came across to me that you actually did understand your business and you had a good business. There was no question about that. But we also could identify some areas where you could grow. And why don't you share how much you grew the first year in your business? So we started in, you and I met in 2018 in October. And there were some fundamental things that we did that certainly helped. Obviously, in the interior design business, a lot of interior designers sell what they design. The lighting design business is less so of that. There are a few companies that do it, and certainly, I think, more are are doing that now. We had originally talked about a strategic partnership with a distributor, and we decided not to go in that direction. And ultimately, I hired somebody to be a salesperson. That person didn't start until the end of April. So we had already lost four months of opportunity in, in 2019. But even with that loss, our revenue jumped by 93%. In wow. Year one. That's not too shabby. That's incredible. No, <laughs> it was not too shabby. And it was exciting. Um, obviously, we just, um, and in, in October of 2019, we celebrated our, our 20 year anniversary. So it really sort of, Things looked great up until about March 12th. (laughs) (laughs) I love this year, right? I'll never forget your VAP day. You know, usually VAP days require a little bit of caffeine, maybe a little wine afterwards. But that was a specific day that we had to order a couple of rounds of cappuccinos. And I still have a picture from the very end of your day. You showed me the socks that you were wearing. And I'll try to keep it clean, but it basically said, you know, F this. And I'm like, and those are the socks that you've been wearing this whole time. I just love the character that you had and and how you had just taken your confidence into the day with your cappuccinos and your socks that you chose. <laughs> yeah, well, right. Actually, I think you said uh, to not to, to go too far down the rabbit hole on that. But yes, yeah, so this it was basically this meeting is bull. Yep. <laughs> and it was a full day. As, as people have done the VIP sessions know, it's a full day and it's an onslaught of questions. And for a guy who doesn't like to answer questions, uh, it, was, it, it was brutal, uh, emotionally brutal but it had to be done. Well, look what's happened as a result of it. And what I think is really interesting is it's not just your confidence that's come from this, but the other part is that you have found how passionate you are about business. And I think that's really so fascinating to watch that because I know you've had a lot of chats with some of your colleagues and the people that you're calling on and um, talk about that a little bit. After 20 years of being in my of owning a business and another 10 years prior of doing lighting, you know, so really reasonably long established career. I'm tired of talking about lighting and uh, to a certain extent. I now like when I meet with other firms, whether it be architecture or interior design firms, um, I like talking about business and, and what that looks like and what growth looks like and what opportunities exist, not just for us, but for them. And for them, there's a, there's a lot of similarities. A lot of my uh, contemporaries are similar age groups. It's kind of deciding what they want to do next. Do they want to expand geographically or, or the office, different types of projects? So to your previous question about you know my firm being the first lighting design firm, in a way, it doesn't matter. Business is business. And we all have similar challenges of HR and accounting and, and so forth and so on. So that's been fun. I, I got to tell you, you're absolutely right. It has been a hoot to talk about things other than, oh, recess, downlight, spacing, wall washing, blah, blah, blah. So what would you say that one of the biggest business challenges is that you have overcome? Paying myself. 
Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Paying myself what I'm worth. What you're worth. That's the key, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I took a salary and it was fine. But it was Gail who said, this is really where you should be. This is really the number that you should be at and not the number that you currently are. And basically saying, it's okay. It's okay to pay yourself this. And I'm thinking, you know, like, uh, but she's absolutely right. It's, it's the confidence to say, you, you know what? You've been doing this for 20 years. Your level of experience is unparalleled. I mean, not unparalleled, but, but pretty good. You've built a, a decent company. And then in last year, obviously, we're talking about the growth of the company. It's okay to treat yourself to what you deserve. That was hard for me to get past, but uh, it, it, it is now part of the business. Mm-hmm. Well, it's an expectation. I think that um, as we run our businesses, many of us, when we start it, we start it because that's our interest or our passion or whatever it is. And we kind of forget about the detail that you really do need to earn a living that rewards you for the value that you're bringing. And if you don't do that and you don't value yourself, then how will your clients value you? I would agree. I would say the biggest part to that, to add to that, is of course that we all get into this these different types of industries because of the passion of the industry, not because of the passion of running a business. Mm-hmm. And so not understanding some of these markers or indicators of what success looks like uh, can be um, hard to unravel. So Matthew, um, in 10 years, what will you have accomplished? Who will you be? What's your vision for your 10-year plan? There's a lot. Um, we've, we spent a decent amount of time looking at our 10-year plan. And the key components, I would say, are as follows. Number one, multiple locations. Right now, we're based in New York. I see opportunities to diversify uh, in a number of locations. So that's probably, first and foremost, a key component to our 10-year plan, which involves, obviously, more people, more staff, which is you know, a byproduct of, of, of expansion. The second part would be removal of, the, of myself in the business. And, and what I mean by that is the, the business is starting to develop a certain autopilot. And it actually has been pretty good even for a number of years. But it's been on autopilot with the, when I get back to the office after a, a vacation, you know, I just get inundated with stuff. The idea is that after, you know, in, in part of this 10-year plan, that even if I left for a month, I could come back and it would just be the same rock and ship as when, as when I left. Uh, so to start to pull myself up much more out of the day-to-day operations. Uh, the next thing that's started to come up recently is how we look at ourselves, our, our specific company, and then how do we create another brand, if you will, that explores a, a different type of direction. Um, Certainly, a number of our clients are uh, high net worth, and that's great. And some of them are absolutely ridiculously significant wealth. And I don't think that we're tapping into that extra level. Some of I certainly have some of those clients, but we should be we should have a much larger share of that. So that's going to be sort of part of our next our, our next bit of growth. And whether that's a three part of our three year or ten year, it's, it's unclear at this time. And then just a lot of things that I think will happen even before 10 years is just getting everything aligned. Some of the books I'll talk about, right people in the right seats. That 
is clearly something that we we need to work on. Um, but we need to establish that plan so that when it comes to hiring in ten years, which I also expect to be out of as well, that we ensure that the right person is being hired for the right reasons. One thing that comes to mind is we've been working together now two years. And so as we headed into the second year, that's when we started talking about your leadership team. And it's been great meeting with them on a monthly basis so that we can talk about some of the projects. And uh, one thing I want to commend you on is you're extremely coachable. And so is your team, which is exciting for me as a coach, because I I know that if you'll do what I say, that hopefully most of the time I'll be right. But um, (laughs) for my mother, she'd say I'm always right. But I do believe it's a collaboration. And what is so fun is to watch how your team, your leadership team is owning the process and helping you figure out what that direction is. And I think you've got a very capable team. I would absolutely agree with that. And it's giving ownership to them to to really come up. There's no point having a leadership team if I'm just going to sit there and dictate you know, my demands. That would be pointless. But I've genuinely felt that uh, having people around the table who are smarter than me uh, really does help. And for example, Sarah in my office, um, she's not been with us for, for, for all that long. But she has just grabbed the bull by the horns and she has a skill set that I could never match uh, in organization and processing. And it's tremendous to have her as a balance in many respects, but also just a doer. She just gets it and goes. And David, who's my design director, you know, I wasn't even sure if he was the right person. But what he did is he stepped up into the role. And now what he's doing is he's really consciously thinking about the overall growth, just like I am. And it's exciting. What's also really kind of awesome is I was doing it alone. For 19 years, I was doing it myself. And that can become a burden on some people. Uh, it started to on with me and I, I could now I can spread, I can spread the wealth, if you will, and spread the chores out. And that's probably why I have the biggest smile on my face all the time is that I'm not going alone. I have someone, I have people to, to, to discuss things with. And uh, the weight that is lifted when you, when you bring somebody in like that is, uh, that's lifted is uh, inexplicable. Many things make light work. <laughs> yeah, I was going to just add for, you know, when Gil and I started our leadership team, we were kind of nervous about it at first. We weren't really sure what was going to happen. And we were so used to making the decisions and kind of discussing things just between the two of us. And then once our leadership team really bought into what it, what we were empowering them to do to be able to make those decisions, we felt this sudden weight just released from us of the decisions or the the burdens that we were thinking about of like, well, the what ifs and how are we going to deal with this issue? And how do we move forward with our future plan of the business? And now we have a weekly meeting that we've got four people that are super pumped about it, just as as excited as we are. And um, it's pretty amazing. And I love what you said that you do every time uh, I just watch you when your team is talking and you're smiling, you've got this really big smile. It's a genuine smile. So I see your pride in the work that they're doing and that they're stepping up and that it's not all on you. And that's great to see. I, I would agree. I mean, it's just sometimes there's even there's tears of pride. You know, that's, that's so cool. So, yeah, I love that. 
Well, and <laughs> I don't think you cried during your VIP day, but we've had some men that have cried in VIP days before. <laughs> Maybe you did it afterwards. My balance sheet wasn't that bad then. <laughs> no, you were you were actually in good shape, and, um, oh, yeah. and that's not always the case when oh, people go to VIP. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to be able to improve on that. What are some of the big challenges ahead for you? What do you think that you're going to have to face in this next year or two, especially because we've all been dealing with COVID and how has that impacted your team? That's not our challenge right now. Our challenge right now is competition. Mm. There are X number of lighting design firms out there. A lot of them have had to shift their own sectors and they're clearly shifting into mine. So the ones that did retail the ones that did hospitality, the ones that did corporate floors, all of these areas are essentially wiped out for this year. And so you're left with only a few uh, sectors, one being high-end residential, which is what I do, uh, the majority of. And another one is uh, the institutional, academia, hospitals, which we have no interest in. Uh, And then the third one would be transportation, which also is um, taking a hit as well. But there's still more opportunity there. So if all of these companies are now entering into my domain where I have a true expertise, getting the client to understand what makes us vastly superior to these people is critically important, which is also why we're looking at, at, at this extra brand or this new brand that will really take catering uh, and service to, to us a, a different type of level. That's our number one challenge right now. It's a big opportunity, though. And I think, to me, competition makes us work harder and it makes us be better at what we're doing. So if we get a little bit complacent and we don't push ourselves as hard, then it's one of those things to me that spurs that next level of growth. And I can see that with your 10-year plan that you're going to be able to get there. And I think there's some more thinking that will happen in the process in the next couple of months. But I have a feeling it's all going to be very, very clear to you within I'd say by the end of the year, you'll know. You'll know well, what you need to do. Yeah, we're, we're certainly on that path. And I, and I agree with you, competition certainly has its benefits. And then the, sort of in the, the next opportunities would be possibly acquisition, right? So the smaller companies that really can't make it, cannot stomach it. Is this an opportunity for us to, to bring them into the fold, if you will, and, uh, you know, and give them steady paychecks and healthcare? So uh, there may be these other opportunities that we that we take advantage of. So, agreed. That's so exciting just to hear you being able to have this knowledge base, but also a business that has such a foundation that you actually are now able to think about looking at these other businesses that still should be there. They should still be functioning, but making sure that they're more stabilized and that they're still able to have a presence um, with your help. Well, it's fun, I will say. <laughs> and it's challenging. And like everything else, a business should be. But they're new challenges. And because they're new, they're exciting, right? It's not the same challenge every single day. It's a new way of looking at things. It's a new approach. It's a new opportunity. Um, and that's what delivers growth is opportunity. So what's inspiring you these days? That's a tougher question. <laughs> you're just thinking so much about work that you're not thinking about other things. I think you, know, you should share your passion, what your side passion is. Sure. So the side passion is uh, uh, emergency medical s- services, uh, volunteer EMS is what is actually what is my current passion. Uh, and it actually has been for a while. I got my ENT license back in 1992. 
So I've been doing this for a while. And, and now taking a lot of what you've sort of given me, Gail, and expanding it into volunteer EMS. So these a lot of the, the volunteer agencies don't have very good management, don't have very good leadership. They're terrible succession plans, if any. And it's uh, the biggest challenge is that year to year, there's an election. So one person could be in, next person's out, and due to a coup or whatever, and then you have no information about your job. So the idea that we're taking is taking a lot of what you've, you've given us and, and expanding upon that. Uh, and to develop best practices for volunteer agencies. And we're starting in New York City. There are about just under two dozen uh, volunteer agencies. And then expanding that, in theory, to New York State, and then ultimately to sort of expand that you know, uh, countrywide. So it's a, it's a lot of work, of course. And we have some tremendous partners who are, who are helping us out. But that's my passion. And taking having the time and energy to work on that and, and also still work on an ambulance is is phenomenal. I mean, the COVID days were wildly entertaining, but uh, it's, uh, you know, that's simmered down so far. So I can concentrate back on the management and leadership side. I think that's great that you're able to take that into that kind of business. We have some clients that bring a spouse with them to their VIP days, and then the spouse ends up doing something as a result of that. So um, it is interesting to see the ripple effect of how really good, solid business practices apply to almost everything. Oh, absolutely. Just an organizational chart and roles and responsibilities, right there you have you can solve, I would say, 20% of your issues just with a proper organizational chart and a proper roles and responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And so it's clear what you're supposed to be doing. And then and more importantly, it is, it's clear what you're not supposed to be doing. That's, that seems to be the bigger challenge, that you have multiple people doing the same job. So, And, and where did I learn this stuff? Hmm. <laughs> Amen to that. I was actually pulling up our accountability chart this morning and I'm like, why are we running into this communication issue? What's going on here? Oh, this person is doing this person's job. That's what we need to address. Okay. Now I know what to talk to Gail about and we're good right. to go. <laughs> it's, it's amazing what you, what you learn when you dig, you know, you dig in the dirt a little bit. Structure helps. It's, it's amazing. And, and some people can't resist it. But mm -hmm. ultimately, what happens, I think, is you find that it's a relief once you actually have a structure that you can set the boundaries and people know what their roles and responsibilities are and they can contribute accordingly. But if they're unclear, then all of a sudden you end up with, I think, a lot of confusion in the company. Oh, yes, any company. It doesn't matter if it's a volunteer agency I mean, or you know, a real corporation. It's, uh, having that structure is incredibly valuable. So uh, we're taking that and running with it. So I'm always interested, you know, Gail is, is such an avid reader and she's always giving me the next book or two or sending me the next three that I should be reading for the business. What is your most recent favorite business read that you've had that you're implementing in your business? Well, I, as I mentioned, I mentioned Randy Gerber's The E-Myth uh, Revisited. And I do go back to that now and then. It kind of just helps, I say, solidify things. Because it's kind of like, uh, you know, you're not ready to understand something until you're further along in the process. And you say, oh, okay, now I go back and you, you read it and say, oh, I, this is what this person meant. I didn't understand that a few years ago, but now I, now I, I read it and read it again. Uh, well, obviously, traction has been hugely beneficial 
the benefit of traction was that organizationally, that really helped us. It also really helped us on our leadership side, what the leadership committee should be really dealing with and addressing. So I think that that was probably, um, it, it hasn't been that recent. I mean, I think we read that about six months ago, five to six months ago. So that hasn't been a particularly recent read, although in the grand scheme of things, maybe it is. But that one has been great. At the same time, I would say the problem with traction is that it's very good, but you still need a guide. Yeah, I, I don't think that you can take that book and just say, oh, okay, we're just going to implement everything and everything's going to be fine. You really need someone like Gail or, you know, uh, or that type of operation to say, okay, this is how you break this down. This is what we're looking for. These are the outcomes. So I say that that's a, a great book uh, with assistance. And now I'm, I don't know, I'm probably about 30% into, was it bigger? I can't even remember. Play bigger. Play bigger. Mm-hmm. And I'm salivating. That's what I'm doing. I'm sitting there thinking next big, next big, next big. And that's what a visionary should be doing, right? That's, and that's, you know, obviously uh, the book um, Rocket Fuel, yes, another one that's, that's a good one. But honestly, you know, talk about, uh, you know, this meeting could, be, could have been an email. You know, that, that book could have been a pamphlet. Um, but the general premise as a visionary is to be looking forward to the untapped opportunities. Uh, and that's what this is sort of giving me a little bit more inspiration to, to think about. That's, I would say, is my most interesting of recent read just because I'm in it right now and in the thick of it. So I'm having fun with that one. That's a great book. I'm, I've read it twice already. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm still waiting to talk to my leadership team about it because I have the big ideas ready to discuss. And so that's coming up soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're terrified. <laughs> well, you take visionaries reading the book Play Bigger. And then as an integrator, I'm sitting here going, oh, man, I got to get that book done before we have this big conversation because I can just see the big ideas, these big um, bubbles of ideas popping out of Gail's head. So... I'm excited to take that one in next. Yeah, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Be very, very afraid. <laughs> uh, well, it, when the opportunity comes up to do some travel again, do you have some big aspirations and big trips you want to take? I hate traveling. I mean, I hate, really? I like, I like the destination. I hate the process of the airplane this and that. And yet after six months, I'm like, when can I get on an airplane? What is that all about? That I haven't figured out. No real aim or goal. Uh, I would say Europe again, because uh, my wife and I are dying to get back into European museums. So if anything, that's the plan. Um, But when that is, it's obviously anyone's guess. I have some work that I have to go into California and I'm thinking I could drive. I could just do a road trip by myself across. It'd be a waste of time, waste of everything and waste of energy, but I've never done it before. So maybe that's just what I'm going to (laughs) do. Maybe you're going to have to get one of those uh, big Mercedes vans and take that across country so that you can stay in your own little hotel. Right. Exactly. Sleep in. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I haven't. That, right, that's the part of it. I haven't figured out the practical side of any of this stuff yet. Well, the one great part about a road trip is you get a lot of thinking time, right? Oh, uh, that's true, and a lot so, of time to listen to Audible. <laughs> yes. 
Well, Matthew, we always like to end our interviews with people talking about three things that you can share with the listeners, things that they could apply to their business or to their life. And in your case, you're so passionate about business now, I'm assuming that's what you're going to talk about. I could talk about that, but that's not what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about uh, the, the first one that I'm going to talk about is if you're going alone, stop going alone. I would say that's if anything has made me happier, it is that I have people to rely on. And that helps in a number of reasons. One, obviously, you get different perspectives. Two, as you mentioned, you know, or the idea of many hands make light work. And three, that when you have three people or four people or whatever going towards a common vision, it's much easier to focus in on what is important. When you have a single person trying to figure out everything, you cannot, you, you, you can't see the finish line. It's just not possible. You put on blinders, you're scattered. It's just, it's hard. It's virtually impossible to do by yourself. So I would say, first and foremost, develop some sort of team and, and start with that. That will change your life immensely from, from the get-go. I've been fortunate that even before meeting you and starting with you, I had some passions already sort of embedded. But what I didn't have was I didn't have the focus again on how to take that passion and run with it. Um, I had some ideas floating around. And even before you, when I started a foundation, I had had made certain assumptions about how that foundation was going to actually work. Working with you, laser focus, how that was now going to work. So the passion is great, but without the focus, it's it really can go absolutely nowhere. So I would say, yes, find your passion, but also figure out how you can you can really you know, take all of your efforts and, and turn it into a, a fine tip and, and really make it sink in. A third one, that's a good one. I mean, this is going to sound trite, but it's, it's enjoy the ride. Running your own business and st- first of all, starting your own business is probably about the best decision and the worst decision you could possibly make at exactly the same time. Amen. <laughs> right. And there are going to be days that are going to sink you. And there are days that you want to you know, spread the champagne and spray it around the office. You have to learn to take both well. It is so easy to fall into a pit of despair, losing this great project and that you really thought you owned. Another one's going to come along and it'll be fine. Take that ride. When you start getting to the top, realize I'm at the top. I need to hunt down more work because I'm just going to go right back down again. Try to take that sine wave and, and even it out a little bit better and find ways of dealing with your highs and deals, deal with your lows, particularly your lows. It's easy to, to ride high. It's really hard to sit down low. And I can assure you from someone who ran a business through 2008, 9, 10, you couldn't get any lower. Um, and now when I look at projects and I lose even projects that I really thought, I was like, that's okay. That's all right. Let's move on. And let's find the next opportunity. So that has been a big shift for me as well. And I share that. That's probably uh, one that I think is going to be critical because we all experience that. I think that's a great way to end that because to me, it is a journey. And if you don't have the highs and lows, you have no reference point of what's good or what's bad for yourself. So you have to go through it. And the other part is, is it's a hero's journey running a business. 
And when you understand that that is part of it, and that some of the joy comes from the ability to actually solve problems and figure out the solutions so that you can get beyond that. And that's what you've done. And I think you've done an amazing job and you've been a great coaching client. It's been a lot of fun working with you and watching your team and see how you have just lit up with the possibilities of where you can go. So thank you for letting me be on your journey with you. Oh, please. As you know, I'm you know I'm one of your biggest fans, and try to spread that uh, that uh, wealth of knowledge and 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 connection uh, because I didn't just drink the Kool Aid, right? There's drinking the Kool Aid, but then then what do you do with it? No, it's really day in and day out. It's working, working, working through all of these things, and and that's what it takes. It takes work, and that's the thing that's the weirdest is I'm working harder now than I ever did. I'm just working in a different capacity, mm-hmm. but I'm enjoying it. So, which is, of course, you know, if you, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Well, exactly. Huh? I'm working. <laughs> well, thank you so much for spending the time with us today. And sure. we look forward to working with you for a very, very long time and watching you hit all of your 10 year goals. Thank you very much. I, I look forward to sharing those successes with you. Thank you. Follow Tershwell Lighting on Instagram or their website, www.t-ld.com to check out the latest from Matthew and his team. You can also find more information on EMS Access at emsaccess.org. 